Welcome to The Catch-Up, a podcast where we bridge psychology, linguistics, and mythology to explore the nature of our mind. I'm Neil. And I'm Melissa. I'm a linguist and author with a concentration in discourse analysis. I also study and write about applied mythology and its effects on our ability to communicate with ourselves and others. And I'm a trained psychotherapist with 10 plus years of experience, and I write about the myths we all have in our mind and their effects on our everyday behavior. This podcast brings together our respective fields so we can see what goes on in our minds, both socially and personally, so we can communicate our way through any experience with understanding. Let's catch up. there. Today we're going to be catching up on artistic self-expression. What say you, Neil? Is that a question? Mm-hmm. Depends on who's asking. Exactly. So <laughs> we can definitely get into some big stuff here. This is kind of the season finale. Kind of. It is. Yeah. And so we're going to have a bonus episode for you if we haven't already highlighted that. We're going to have a bonus episode for subscribers. So if you subscribe to us, thank you very much. You'll be getting a bonus episode as a little thank you gift. What we want to do here is highlight, kind of build off of this idea or this concept that everyone has an inner artist, but not everybody lets that inner artist out. But you can find it. You can absolutely dig for it, find it, access it. Doesn't matter what your occupation, life circumstance, what have you. So I've seen this as a psychotherapist. When I can help people tap their inner artist, things change. And it's pretty rapid if we're on the artistic track in life. If we're not, there are these things I call incongruencies or disruptions that kink up the process of that person's stream of consciousness, both during their daily life and their sleep cycles their dreams are becoming nightmares usually when they're not tapping into their artistic self and you can be artistic with both your mindset and your language and art mediums themselves music writing painting drawing all these things play into that the language you use the images you have the mindset you have so all of these kind of work together and accessing your artistic self, understanding your artistic self, and releasing your artistic self absolutely help you navigate your nuances. Yep. Because you're a system. Art is a system that releases endorphins, makes us feel good, dopamine, gets us on kind of a energy track as opposed to a depressed or anxious track. It's a place to invest our anxiety and our depression. The best artists know they have some level of depression, anxiety, and they're using it in their art and trauma. So this, we think, is an answer to a lot of the problems of today. It always has been an answer to the problems of yesterday. So why don't we keep using it into tomorrow? I want to highlight one image I saw the other day. I saw a guy using a machete. He was just grabbing food from a field. He was a farmer. But the way he was using it, you could tell that guy was an artist. He was on just fire and making it look like it was a dream state that he was in because he loves what he does. But I think people forget 
it doesn't matter what you're doing, be artistic with it and you'll enjoy life more. Mm-hmm. And when you're accessing your inner artist and you're accessing your artistic navigational systems, let's well, say, I like that. you are experiencing congruence with your own myth paths and myth mind. Now, congruence again is the kind of ellipse of our ideal self and our actual self right now. Incongruence is when there's a separation between the two. Now, you can't always be incongruence. That's why we have incongruence, because we need to be able to be thrown off balance. We can't be in a comfortable state all the time. Otherwise, we'll run out of our ability to keep going. So this gives us energy. It also means we are doing something that is productive for the world. I think what we're forgetting, at least in our society right now, is the function of our inner artist of art is to keep us going and keep us rolling and gaining momentum forward. The opposite of artist is con artist. And what do they do? They kink up, they put combos and locks in our society that are not good for them or anyone really. They create nightmares. And so when you're experiencing an incongruence, a lot of time that plays out artistically in something like writer's block. I know for me, Obviously, my path includes language. I'm a linguist. I love language, always have. But sometimes that means if, I'm, if I've lost the word or the ability to find a word in my brain and I'm sitting here going, what's the word? What's the word? That's my version of writer block. It means I'm experiencing some incongruence. Usually what that means is I'm not in the present. I'm trying to think too far ahead or I'm kind of daydreaming about the past, having anxiety about the past, what have you. And so I'm sitting there and I'm not accessing my present self, which means I'm not accessing the self that I need to access to propel me forward. I'm already trying to be forward. Yep. And I think you could still have roots and be propelling somewhere. Does that make sense? Yes. One of the best techniques or tools for this I've found is sit down, put down roots, disassociate from what's going on around you, what happened yesterday, what might happen tomorrow. Let that heart rate get to a state of rhythm, congruence with where you want to go next. If you need to get a little pumped up, right, you play certain types of music or you think certain types of way in your mind's eye, and then make those adjustments. Make sure you know your rhythm. What's Joseph's phrase? The goal of life is matching your heartbeat with the beat of the universe, something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So. The goal, obviously, is to use Star Wars, the force that is already happening around you, within you, so that you can lean toward the good stuff that's in your future, lean into that so that you stay safe from the darkness, from whatever depression or things, might trauma might take you over. And how many of you knew that George Lucas, when he wrote Star Wars, was inspired by Joseph Campbell's work in mythology? Yeah. He, I think, was quoted as even saying something like, if it wouldn't have been for Joseph Campbell and his work, he would have never finished Star Wars. Even when Joseph Campbell recorded probably his most famous set of interviews with Bill Moyers in The Power of Myth, they're sitting on, uh, what's it, Skywalker Ranch is what it's called. Yeah. George Lucas's property. So the stories that we've been saturated with are very much inspired by Campbell. There are people 
all over who have been inspired by Campbell's work on the hero's journey, which is the hero is a figure that you find in a lot of mythological stories. So it's everywhere. It's in all of our art forms. The stories inspire music and the music inspires more writing and which inspires imagery and paintings and all these things. It's sort of cyclical. So mythology saturates, those stories saturate, those figures saturate. And they, all of our mediums. They create the laws that we abide by, the understanding we have of rules and structure and society. Because what does that come from? That comes from our ideal self. Now, there are people, to just use modern times, there are people that grew up in authoritarian homes with very abusive ways of being. They come in with some pretty incongruent, messed up ways of being, and then they want to impose that because it makes them feel safer in society, but we can't have sympathy for that way. We can have empathy for their backgrounds, and then we can invite them to heal with us as we get more congruent together. It creates a path for all of us. And people will slough this off, say it's too idealistic, it's not realistic, but what we're here to say is Actually, it is for you individually, and the more of us that do this individually, the greater the current, the wider the lane that we create, and the more they can join in. They don't have to. Oftentimes, people won't. That's okay. But this is a way we can be together, and we're a greater collective. Think like a school of fish. They create a current. They keep themselves safe. Some fall prey to the shark or to the whatever other fish but we survive because we stick together. And so one thing that you can do to kind of harness and release your inner artist is to look at the stories. And I know I've, I've said this in past episodes, but look at the stories that resonate with you, the figures that resonate with you. Look at the heroes of those stories, the antagonists of those stories, the people who are off to the sidelines, the imagery what have you, what inspires you? Does something inspire you to make music? Does something inspire you to draw? Does something inspire you to write your own story? Look at what inspires you and just follow it. We're kind of taught that in order to make art, you have to be good at it mm -hmm. because you have to make money off of it. But no one makes money as an artist, so it's not worth your time because time is money. And not true. It's not true. Don't believe that. That's an incorrective mythology. Believe your inner artist that's pushing to come out because it wants you to unlock for a reason. And whether that reason is to make money off of it and make that your new living or whether that reason is to be some kind of therapy or whether that reason is to just get you to understand yourself better, you can absolutely do it and you will be absolutely no worse off for it. No. Think about how artists are respected and understood on a level that it's like we are following them. And so we should follow ourselves, our inner artists. That's who we should follow. And they show up in our dreams. I want to highlight how when I've worked with people across, I've seen a lot of people in different professions. And whether their profession was creating a depression or not, if they found an artistic way of doing their job, of being strategic on a daily basis, or just going home and being more artistic, it seeded it, it cultivated it, it harvested 
that inner artist in them and then they had a rhythm that kept them going more and I, I saw reductions in depressions reductions in anxiety that was unhealthy because they were investing it into themselves and their art and then people could take less of their medication or they could do things more they had more energy so I think it's a balance and finding that middle sweet spot is key it's a paradigm you put yourself in I think you think about culturally, there are some cultures that value art. There are some subcultures that don't. There are some teachers that graded art with such a rigid my way or the highway attitude. And then there are teachers that were like, no, let's get open. Let's see what comes out. And once you start accessing your inner artist, look at your own narratives. I, for example, started a novel last year. I started writing a novel and I very quickly realized that one of the characters held a lot of characteristics that I wish I had. One of the characters held a lot of characteristics that I do have, that I value. Another one of the characters, who was a side character, not really a main character, held a lot of characteristics that I have, but that I don't really love. And I didn't know that. That was an unconscious projection of myself into these characters. What does that tell me? I should probably reflect on it and figure out how I more closely like get to having the characteristics that I wish I had. Why I have the characteristics I don't really love. And how I can progress those into the new characteristics and how I can cultivate the characteristics I already have that I actually like. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like the characteristics, one of them that I learned from my own writing that I didn't really love was my shyness and my hesitancy to speak up a lot at the time. So then I started having to go, okay, so how do I see that progressing? How do I want that to progress? To what extent do I want to transcend that? How do I get there? And the character that I wanted to be more like was outspoken and forward and all that. And again, this didn't come to light until I had written most of it and was reading it and resonating with it. So accessing your inner artist allows you to see your own inner narratives. It allows you to see how you see yourself and it brings to light the ways in which you could transcend in corrective norms and the ways in which you can cultivate your corrective habits. Started the habit of doing the quote thing, so maybe I'll do a couple here. So Oscar and Carl had two quotes that I think kind of maybe will help us dribble this a little further. So Oscar said, actors are so fortunate. They can choose whether they appear in tragedy or in comedy, whether they will suffer or make merry laugh or shed tears, but in real life it is different. Most are forced to perform parts for which they have no qualifications. A lot of people don't think they have the qualifications to be an artist. Obviously, as the supportive counselor that I tried to always be, every time it would hit a rhythm or a sweet spot when I made sure people understood, you don't have to have an art degree. It doesn't matter what your art teachers told you in the past or whatever, find out what your sweet spot is, what your congruence is, and, and go with it. See what comes up and out. The best artists disassociate from those inner voices that are saying, don't art, and they go. Attorneys, cops, any level of 
work, even doctors, need art in order to stay congruent with even the rules of their professions because they have to be taught the art of law or the art of counseling as I was always taught was important to make sure you keep top of mind because as we know consciousness and and our expressive self plays into this quote this whole creation is essentially subjective and the dream is the theater where the dreamer is at once seen actor prompter, stage manager, author, audience, and critic. I found that even in my own dreams, I'll oscillate from being in the audience, in the seats, to someone that's up there running the projector, to someone that's in the scene, to someone that's pausing the movie to say there's an emergency, whatever. It's fascinating how those roles will play out and kind of give me intuitions about what's coming up in that near future of our life. And I think that's why people think it's so up in the clouds because for their life they need to understand what's going on for them in their near future and surrounding futures. For us it's different so you can't say it's literal or literally the same but we can find synchronicity. And so finding your metaphors and your analogies within the art you produce or the art you resonate with gives you a lot of insight into yourself because what metaphors do is they make things very accessible and able to be understood. If I tell you I was watching the sunset the other night and the sky was on fire, you have an immediate image of those colors. Or at least an idea of the concept of being on fire and certain components that come with that because you've seen fire. You know what it looks like. You know, know how it moves, how it breathes. Or if you're someone that doesn't work in mental images, you at least have a script of what comes along with fire. Now, if I'm sitting here and I'm telling you, I was watching the sunset the other night and it was like sort of pink, but then purple in other places, but there's like still a little bit of blue left in the sky, but then it faded into this bright orange and it, that orange went into red, but it was like a bright red and the orange was orange but like a light orange it's a very complicated description and no one really wants to listen to that nor am I getting across the message that I want to nor are you actually going to be able to picture the colors that I'm trying to convey so we have metaphors like the sky was on fire so that you have an immediate image of sort of movement you have an image of colors and you have an image of your head of what I was looking at. So metaphors make things more accessible, more easily, readily understood. So understanding your metaphors, once you look at your narratives and the narratives that sort of speak to you, that'll absolutely help you understand who you are, how you see yourself, how you work, and what you want to work on. Insight creates outside. Inside out. You see I like what I'm that. I like that very much. I'm winking at you. <laughs> so, if insight creates outside, outside creates insight, and you see yourself as a cycle, then as opposed to just some being that's floating around or we getting beat up all the time by the universe and the world and all that's going wrong, quote unquote. We're in turbulent times because of the lack of insight, the lack of introspection over the past X number of decades in certain people, 
but there are many of us that are working at this. I think so like with the Joseph and Star Wars stuff, there are people around the world that haven't seen Star Wars, that don't know who Joseph is, that don't know the link between the two. That's fine. But they have their own myth that we could say, oh, that's like ours back home. That's this, this, and this. And it's all a merry-go-round of trying to figure out the pace and the rhythm so that people don't get thrown off and we can stay in a balance, harmony. And so really what this season has been about, this seasoning, seasoning, the self-dialogue seasoning we've been giving you, is giving you tools that harness or that stem from our field, psychology, linguistics, and mythology. It's supposed to give you tools to really understand you. Who are you? How do you work? How do you want to work? Where do you come from? How can you conceptualize your roots? How can you conceptualize where you want to go? How can you conceptualize your little slice of life, right? How can you communicate your way through life, understanding you? And then understanding other people. Mm -hmm. So all of this has ripple effects. All of this has nuance. And all of this is meant to allow you to kind of transcend patterns and transcend your understanding about how you work, how the world works, and how humans work. I think that's key. Obviously, we know this is the first foundational seasoning that will help us create some dishes in the future. So in a way, we consider this to be kind of the appetizer. The main courses will come up. We'll create different content for that, different sides and bonuses, and then also some desserts and some drinks, and we'll have fun with it. But the idea will be how can we keep creating contemplative conversation that just unlocks those little nuggets of gems that we can use. I don't know if any of you have watched Chef's Table. I know we've watched it a lot. And one of the beautiful things is the arc of the artist in those episodes, in those seasons. I say rewatch them if you have. Watch it for the first time if you haven't. And you'll notice when people were telling themselves they couldn't do certain things or people were telling other people they couldn't. How did they unlock? Well, they found a rhythm. They went with whatever flow. This is what's happening right now with the restaurant industry. They're being decimated, but they're artists, and many of them will survive this and then come out the other side even stronger. I'm looking forward to where this goes and who's practicing at home right now with limited access to the kitchen and knowing that we're going to find a way through this time into who we need to be together. A lot of cool art coming out right now. Just and Campbell agrees. But one of the things we wanted to bring up too was we like helping groups find their inner artist and what type of mythology they're creating in the world. So one of the things we wanted to offer was a free initial consult. Feel free to visit our website, grab our books. We each have a few different books available, all highlighting the same stuff we're talking about here, but taking it a step further in different ways. And if you guys have any questions about anything we've talked about during this seasoning, or if you have anything that you want us to address in any future episodes, reach out temteam at gmail.com that's t-e-m-m-e 
T-E-A-M, at Gmail. And we'll be happy to talk with you or add something in or help you out in any way we can. Look forward to tossing some more ideas around soon. We'll catch up with you later. We'll catch up later. Thanks for chatting with us.